Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. I am thrilled. What better way to spend my morning than hang out with my friend Adele and just have a beautiful conversation with her about vulnerability, sex, money, and power, her (laughs) journey to making many millions of dollars online, her journey of coming into our feminine essence and going through all kinds of things in her marriage and her life and just being here today, like all roads, everything we've been through has brought us with you, our beautiful living brave community on the couch together to feel like, let's just take off any masks, break down the walls and get real about this journey and have some fun. So I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Gorgeous. I love you. And I love I love what you stand for. It's going to make me emotional because I just feel I'm so cracked open in my life right now. I just love, I love your mission. I love that you demystify shame. I love that you take shame from the shadow and bring it to the light. And I love, it's kind of similar to our conversation we had on my podcast where it's like, where you're a fly on the wall. I feel really called in my life to share all the parts that are me, all the parts that make my success. Because, you know, I even talked about this, I think on our, on my podcast, you know, the other day, and if people haven't listened to that, then they need to listen to that. That was fucking yeah, amazing. We'll link it. Yeah, we'll show. link it. So you can get a double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> Is, you know, people often think like, they want the highlight reel, you know, oh, the millions, the Gucci, the da, 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 da. But you don't often see the 20 years that led to it. And especially in my case, and I can share my story, like 20 years that brought me to this point, but not even, it's also inside the years that I made the most money ever were also the years that were the most emotionally, energetically challenging for me in my personal life. And being able to hold that duality while keeping your heart open and not shutting yourself down and being the right amount of vulnerable with not oversharing all these nuances of what I think make people like us magnetic is that how do we still show up with an open heart even when we're, our heart is broken? That's really been the contemplation that I've been inside of lately. And I think the more I play in that realm of like, my heart can be broken and I can still be open-hearted I feel like the universe rewards the brave and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, I want to hear all about your journey, all about your story. And this is it, right? I shared something in my community, the club. I did this, this little training with my partner, Christian, and I just named it like 
you have to die to live brave. And it was almost like, there's no other way other than through, you know, he was sharing about how every single big star comedian always talks about one point in their journey where they go up on stage and they completely bomb it. And it's like the night that sets them free because they show up. And instead of how can you keep going after that? It's almost like that was the night actually that changed everything for me. Like that's how I was able to do it. And it's almost like, instead of how can you show up when times are hard? It's like when times are hard, it makes it not like easier to show up, but like, that's when I have the greatest potential for growth and transformation because I'm finding out who I am and I'm leading and I'm having big conversations and the energetic frequency of everything that I put out, like is encoded with my conscious and unconscious beliefs and knowing and actions and capabilities and confidence. And so that's actually when you can be the most magnetic. Oh my God. I just got like chills in my whole body. Like the minute we start talking, it's like <laughs> game over. <laughs> or are you going to take the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> so the thing that you just said there, and I can kind of relate this to my own story. I think what I love about what you just said is this whole idea of like, you have to die to be reborn. It's like the death of the ego. And we have ego deaths. We can choose conscious ego deaths with like psychedelics and, you know, orgasms and, you know, there's all kinds of conscious ways to the, the death of the ego is when you are actually free. It's when your, your soul is, is fully liberated. Um, and for me, I've had many deaths of my ego. I think that's, that's the thing is I consciously every day choose to have my ego die so that I can be reborn. And for a lot of people, that's really scary because the ego is this protective mechanism or they think they, their identity is their ego And part of the work that I continue to do is who am I behind the ego? And when I start to cultivate that relationship with myself where I am just love and I am just forgiveness and I am just pure consciousness. And, you know, I really live in that space, not perfectly, but I really try to live in that space. That's not only when I'm the most free and in my feminine and just my life feels juicy, but it's also when I feel the most at peace. So to that point, I can share a little bit about me and my story. Um, <laughs> Mic drop. Again. Mic drop. <laughs> so I am 42 years old. And I would say that I really just found myself over the last five years. I'm a single mom. I'm, I'm current. I'm married now to the love of my life, but he's not the father of my son. And a part of that that's significant is that I, li- I did live with some shame around being a single mom for a while. And shame around, this is going to make me emotional, you know, having such, such a violent relationship with my son's dad. When I say violent, I mean emotionally. And it was really hard. I had shame around it, or maybe I would even say more guilt around it with my son. And I still feel I have guilt sometimes when I look at him in the eye, because all I've ever wanted to do is protect him. And I've been in court various times and there's a lot of nuances to the situation, but it's, it's been a part of me that's felt, felt really scary because your ch- my child is my most important thing. And it's the thing that I sometimes feel I have the least amount of control over. And I've had to really deal with myself and I've really had to do some serious spiritual work to become a conscious parent, to not project my feelings of shame and guilt onto my son and recognize that my son is here on his own karmic journey and he chose me as a parent and all I can do is be his guidepost, you know, and, and, and 
know that I've been entrusted with his soul. And so I, I did carry a lot of shame around the relationship with my son's dad, because part of me felt like here I am this like inspirational person, a thought leader, a, a, psych, a psychologist, or sorry, a psychotherapist, you know, coach, like I, I help people deal with shit in their life. And there's this part of my life that's a fucking disaster. Like police need to be involved and needing to go. And last summer we had to go into hiding because of threats. And, you know, there was so much going on and all the while I was leading my programs and I was like trying to be this tough leader and like showing up and really though secretly in my heart, I was just breaking. I was betraying myself. You know, I was betraying myself being like, I want to show up for my community every day because they paid to be here. And I said, so, and I'm a person of my word, mm-hmm. but my soul was like, tell you need to, you need, a, you need some space. Like I was, I was just an emotional mess. So, mm. you know, a big part of my journey has been I've been in this personal development space for 20 years. Um, I want to call myself an OG because I was doing it before it was popular. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I remember when I was studying NLP, people were still like, what? Like, like I like learned from this woman who's 90, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, and then I became a cognitive behavioral therapist and I was working in, in corporate, in, in corporate space in downtown Toronto on Bay street. And I had like a brick and mortar practice and I worked with like, you know, distinguished men and CEOs and, I, I thought that I had it all figured out because I looked good on paper and secretly my soul was dying because I was feeling really misaligned with being in the corporate space. And I felt like my soul was crying for more. And the story that I share that I have shared actually on my podcast, but it's, it's a pretty vulnerable story that I can share here with you is like, you know, we all say that there's the moments there's this beautiful quote that says like, there's these moments that, you know, that will change your life forever. It's like the before and after Mm -hmm. moment. Right. And I think that's your hero's journey analogies. You know, for some people it's gotta be, I always joke, like the fucking refrigerator needs to fall on your head to be like, wake up, (laughs) like how much louder. And so I was in this, my practice for many years on Bay street in Toronto, I was working, I had a team and I looked like I had it all figured out because I was doing like these corporate workshops and yada, yada. My clients were all CEOs, but like I was broke. I was in debt. Um, I was feeling, I was, I was like a single parent at this time with my son. I was dealing with my son's dad. Like my life was basically in shambles secretly, but I looked really good on the outside. And I think that that is really a big epidemic of what's going on in the world for a lot of women in a lot of ways, like the women that gravitate into my work or like they look really good on paper, they're professional, but their soul and everything else is kind of screaming. And so I knew I wanted to get out of private practice for years. The straw that broke the camel's back, that moment where I knew everything was going to change was, it was the year just before COVID. So it was 2018. And my business was, I was making good money technically on paper. I think I was making like, I made $300,000 or something that year, but I couldn't pay my team. I didn't have any money. I didn't understand how money worked in my business. I was spending more than I was making. And so there was this month that I literally did not have enough in the business to pay my team. And I was started dating my now husband, Dave, but he was my boyfriend at the time. I think we were only dating for like two months. Mm -hmm. And I came home from work one day and I was like, um, I'm fucked. Like I don't have any money to pay my team. And I literally needed to borrow, I think like $5,000 from him. And when I look back at that, and that was only like four or five years ago. And the fact that, and I'll tell you more about the story, but just to give like a context, like 
we now do $50,000 days. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even pay. I needed 5,000 as a loan. That's all I, I didn't have anything in my business. So I remember coming home and I, and that was kind of like my knees dropped. I was like, okay, I have to ask my current boyfriend for money to pay my team, which he gave me. And I paid my team and it gave me like a thousand dollars for myself. And then what happened was there was a man that came in as a referral into my business. And he's like, I need coaching. I need some therapy. He came really highly regarded from another client. So I took him on and what I realized like two sessions in, oh, and and he paid me $10,000. That was my current rate, $10,000 for like 12 weeks or something. And I was like, $10,000. Oh my fucking God. Like I can pay some bills. And like, this is amazing. It was like, God has saved me. Like when I even think about $10,000 saving me now, like it kind of makes me cringe, but that was the truth. So so he got, the guy pays me and he paid me in full. And I was like, oh my God, so I can now pay my team. I can pay Dave back. I can get it up. And two sessions into this time with this, this man, what got became very clear was that he was hiring me because he was hoping to have an affair with me essentially. Mm-hmm. And was kind of starting to proposition me in that way. And I remember feeling I had the shame. Well, number one, I felt like, okay, this is the universe being like, you've said you don't want to be here anymore. And what's it going to take? So I remember I contemplated, and this is the crazy part. I was like, I knew I wasn't going to do anything with this man sexually, but could I string this along because I couldn't give him his money back? I had already spent it. And that was when that's the before and after moment where I was like, Adele, you're going to have to find a way to give this guy his money back. And I basically decided to close my office down. I gave my lease like a couple months notice. I said, I'm done. I figured out a way to pay him back. I don't remember exactly what we did, but we paid him back the $10,000. And I closed down a business that was running for at this point, a decade. And I came home and I decided I was going to reinvent myself and start my online brand and business. And then boom, like three months later, COVID hits. And it was the year that I went seven figures. And so it's a story of like, I'm so passionate in the work that I do, where I, I tell people every day, you're always getting the nudges from the universe. It's like, I knew that I needed to let go of that old identity, that version of myself that was self-sacrificing, that wasn't in alignment, that was even giving off. Like I look back in hindsight, I'm like, was there a part of me that was giving off any signal that that was even an opening? Because I've been working with men my entire life and I've never had that experience. And I then decided to close it all down and start over with something new. And it was the year that I had the biggest quantum leap in my income because I finally, for the first time, gave myself permission to dial into my desire and to truly allow myself to take on something really scary, which was starting an online business, which I had no clue about, but it was the year I put out my first program. And so the rest is history. I mean, we went, (laughs) we went from that to seven figures and then the year after to two and a half million. And then the year after a bit more after that. And, and we've not stopped since. And I just feel like I am here to, you talked about, I love how you said like limitless potential. I basically live my life with the theory that I'm just getting fucking started. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. I just, 
I just wrote a post. I'm going to share this with you. First of all, like I have so, so much to say and nothing to say. Like, you know, when that moment, it's like, wow, like, wow. So many questions. And yet I think I'm just so in awe of your journey and it's incredible. So thank you for sharing that with us. When you said we're just getting started, I just wrote a post. Tell me. A little known feminine business code you can use in your strategy to speed up results without trying so hard. Embody the identity of someone on the rise. This is different than just saying something's coming. There's a new evolution. We're just getting started. Although those are some of the ways I've expressed this knowing feeling over the year. It's encoded in the words that you share, the offers you launch, the way in which your body moves and your frequency emits. And so those who are also tapped into truth, see your truth is like, you know, you don't just feel it. It's a knowing feeling of we're just getting started. And when we do that, it's like, the more and more that I've been able to like embody that and say, I say it often, but I feel it. It's like people who have even created bigger things than me will come and and hire me or like have a conversation because it's almost like they feel where I'm going and maybe they feel like they've slowed momentum, but they feel the momentum. So it doesn't even matter what I've created. It's like, let's grow together because I feel where you're going. And I want to grow in that way too. Even if what I've created is bigger than what you have created so far, it's, magic. <laughs> okay, I gotta say something about that because you and I are so fucking in alignment because this is exactly what I led in my morning call this morning in morning mindset. I lead a program every morning called morning mindset. And every day I give them like a reflection. We, con- we do a contemplation reflection question and I teach on it. And this morning I talked about how one of the things that really fucking pisses me off. And I wrote a post about it, which I'll read here for us too. Yeah, let's do it. So let me read you this post and then I'll talk about what I said because it's exactly what Shoshana, what you're saying around like you, I can have clients. I do, I have clients in in my work that make more than me, but they still hire me because I embody what Waddles and the Science of Getting Rich talks about the impression of increase. And the impression of increase is that you represent and the embodiment of a person who knows where they're going and who can help other people achieve that same goal. And that- There's a name for this. The impression of increase. And Waddles, who wrote The Science of Getting Rich a hundred years ago, said that the, the most successful people, the most successful salespeople, the people that understood the science of getting rich and not just financially, but the science of wealth, they embody the code of, I am someone that exudes confidence and I feel safe in this person's presence. And I know that this person trusts where they're going. And even if they haven't materialized those results in the three-dimensional world in this moment, I know it's coming. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind-the-scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.